Hey, 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 it's MMA and beyond. Thank you so much, everybody, for listening. It's such a pleasure to be here. So many great minds, so much great feedback. Thank you, all of you, for your feedback. Now we're, we're up into the double digits of people giving us five-star ratings on iTunes. Hundreds, I can't believe I'm saying this, hundreds of thousands of people now listening. Thank you so much, everybody. Thank you for everyone who's reaching out through our websites, everyone who's responding on our Instagram pages uh, individually and as a podcast. Always an honor to be sitting here with the great Ray Longo, the great Fight Shape Richie, the great Mike Empty Resig, and of course, of course, Dr. Sherry sitting in today as well. Thank you, everybody, for for uh, listening in. We really, really appreciate you. Today we got so much to talk about, so many things going on, Ray. Not only uh, the UFCs, we're going to talk about a bunch of things. First of all, we'll talk about how UFC in upstate New York uh, actually lost out to uh, women's college softball in numbers. And we'll talk about what that means for entertainment value and what we've been talking about. Some people who, who give me crap for what I'm saying about the new entertainment era numbers don't lie. I don't have an emotional investment in this. I want it to be great for everybody. However, I can see what people's behavior is doing. We'll talk about that. But I want to talk first about what the Saralongo team did here in Atlantic City this past weekend. Oh, man. We had uh, uh, James uh, Gonzalez fought for Love that a dude. championship. Really good dude. Call him the alley cat. Hard working, man. Uh, lost a decision. But again, growing fight for him, learning fight. And uh, I think when it's all said and done, he's going to have a little impact because he's just one of those guys. He's just like... Dude, uh, he works so hard. Works he's hard, always at it. Low maintenance, doesn't bother anybody. Stops kinda, to help everyone along yeah, the way. Yeah, kind of has done everything on his own. So we're going to try to give him some attention because I think he's got the right ingredients. He's definitely tough and he's durable. Uh, his jiu-jitsu is really good. So we got to get that stand-up tightened up. But he... And he's you know, got he, that Sarah Longo thing. You'll throw a punch yeah. from the grave. Yeah, and I, I got to tell you, too, and, he, and he's fought really good guys. So his record is going to be a little deceiving, I think, because, like, again, I think at the end of the day, he's going to be a guy that's just not going to be an easy fight for anybody. But he tightens up a couple of things. I see him making a, a little bit of a run. I, I like him. I like this. I just would like to see what would happen to him if he really structured his training and did it the right way. Not so that he's not doing it the wrong way, but he really has gotten – it's just minimal help, I could tell you, as a coach. He's And, and he's I, – I just – I like him. He's really just turned out to be a really nice kid. I mean, Marab, I don't know if he broke his toe, but, I mean, his bone was hanging out the other day. James is making weight. He's got to weigh in the next day. He takes him to the hospital. Out of everybody in the freaking <laughs> right. gym, right. James takes him to the hospital. Like You think anybody else gave a shit that the guy was fighting <laughs> and, you know, give the guy a break? He's off, and they're down at the hospital. Marab's toe is hanging out. They're laughing. I mean, they, this is a, a, a sick crowd we have. But, uh, <laughs> but I really think, it's again, it speaks val sure. uh, volumes on who he is because – I was almost in shock he took him. I mean, he had to get in the car the next morning, drive to Atlantic City, make weight, and uh, we're going to turn this guy around. I, I want to make that one of my projects. Little adjustments, man. And yeah, that's, little and adjustments, that's the thing. yeah. And, and to have you see that is, yeah. is important. And he will Pivotal work. For him. We know that. But we got to just, like, just a little more direction. It was, it was a good fight. Back and forth, probably a fight of the night. You know, he had his positions. You know, he had his chances to win. The guy reversed him a couple of times, and, you know, it was just a good fight. You know, he's like, again, he, he makes it a good fight, too. 
Is he hey. not the prettiest jujitsu you've ever seen? Well, yeah, uh, that good. kid's good yeah. on the ground, man. And coachable. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I'm talking about in the gym. Like, you know, yeah. I, I don't know the translation yet to the to the fight, but his jujitsu is incredible. Yeah. So hats off to him, man. Another he did lose, but another gallant effort, and uh, I think he grows from this fight. And I will uh, again, it was for a championship, so it's <clears throat> not like he's taking fights with guys. Yeah, <clears throat> that are below him. This guy was good, you know. So uh, hats off to Bill Algio, too. Sweetheart, nice guy. I like his technique. Very composed. A really good fight. Good for everybody. And again, synonymous, synonymous with mindset. And it's cool. It's cool for some for someone like that, a kid like that who's who's coming up, who's who's getting some bumps and bruises along the way, to see a coach like you and you seeing that there's a little behavioral adjustment that we could make yeah. that could could completely change this kid's life and career. I think so. I mean, he hasn't had it. He's doesn't have it easy. He's a young guy. He's got three or four kids, which is unusual in today's day and age. But. Uh, I don't know, we're gonna help this guy out. Good dude, man. Yeah. Shout out to him. I was gonna say one of the things I Dr. really like Sherry. about him is that he he doesn't he didn't make any excuses for the loss. He was willing to get right back in there, and I think that's a sign of somebody who can grow really well with some adjustment. Doctor Sherry, I saw you. I saw you in upstate New York. Uh, in the upstate New York, what are you seeing as we as we lean into the UFC a little bit? I did want to talk to you uh, slightly about this this. The weight class, the the I'm sorry, the weigh-in times. Uh, Dana White, of course, pushing, eliminating morning weigh-ins. Absolutely going to uh, afternoon weigh-ins, evening here on the East Coast, uh, as usual. What do you think the ad adjustment does for fighters? It seems to me, if you read online, the fighters aren't necessarily for it. A lot of them uh, enjoyed the morning weigh-ins. What adjustment does that make? Uh, as far as the fighters' uh, physical health and fight shape reach you when Dr. Sherry's done, I would love to hear your take on it as someone who who actually strategizes for these weight cuts. So the reason I think that many uh, jurisdictions pushed the weight cut or the weigh-ins earlier was to give uh, athletes some time to rehydrate because they're no longer using IVs as per USADA. Um, and so depending on how much weight, a fighter is losing, it takes a certain amount of time to put that weight back on. And you preferentially lose weight initially from the, the plasma volume, then the tissues, and then the brain. So the current theory was that if you give them a little bit more time, then they're probably going to be less prone to injury. That, hmm. that was the rationale for moving it earlier. Most of the fighters don't like that because they haven't really made the adjustment as to how to make that weight cut. <coughs> Yeah, well, I, I think, uh, and that's perfectly stated, um, you know, getting the, the, the fluid back into the plasma and the periphery is not that difficult. You can do that strategically through the manipulation of nutrients, water, the right nutrients, hormonal ma insulin manipulation, the right foods. But but as Dr. Sherry said, getting it back to the brain, that's a, that's a much slower process. The pro, you know, they, it, 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 I don't get it. They don't like it. What do they like? Make weight. <laughs> that's your job right. i don't what don't you know you don't like it. i mean you don't want to go back to five six o'clock i don't blame you you know you don't you don't want to do it in the morning then when do you want to do it then you again just get rid of the weight classes do do same day and everybody bump up but the point to it i there were aspects of it i liked and the aspects of it i liked that is that we had a longer rehydration and refueling window that's a positive the negative is they knowing they had a longer rehydration and refueling window were more extreme in their cut 
Hmm. So, you know, in, instead of taking advantage of it and saying, well, I can cut strategically and do it maybe, rel look, weight cutting is not easy. I'm not saying it's easy. And it's not going to be poetry. And um, it's always going to be a bit of a challenge. That it, it, that's it. That's the game. Until but, the rules are but changed. But for someone who doesn't do it regularly, Fight Shape, what, what can we liken it to? Uh, is it like cramming for a test before the test? Like, so you're studying for two nights in a row all night not sleeping for a test that you have on Friday? Or is it is it a little deeper than that? Is it is it is it something that's months in the making or is it are people really trying to lose all that weight in a few days? Well, I, some may be, and I just think to me, I've said this and stated it over and over again, the second, the day you get the fight is the day the weight cut starts. Okay, because even if you're not cutting weight per se, there are strategic dietary changes that you can make that you are that are going to make the cut more effective later. You can use various uh, cardiorespiratory training modalities that are going to make you more effective at fat burning later for the weight cut. You can you can undulate cardiovascular training intensities. You could do nutritional periodization. All those things could be done so that when you have your numbers, if you have the numbers, and I'm going to let Dr. Sherry finish off with this, but if you have your numbers, what's your percentage body fat? What's your lean tissue? What do you weigh now? Okay, how many historically weight cuts you have? It's not a complicated process. Even when you say cramming in for the exam, well, the, people knew when the exam was. Right. They just decided to cram. Yeah, right, exactly. The psychology of why they cram, uh, there are only a handful of people who do it do it well because you can't be psychologically at your peak if your brain is dehydrated i mean Absolutely. never mind all no. the concussions and the, all oh, it's the, dehydrated the, throughout the, the camp for most it's, of them your thought processes yeah. it, it can't be yeah, it can't be the so, i mean if i'm dehydrated out like tomorrow i'm gonna feel it that's right one that's being off right. like a half a gallon or go be know, at like, your best while you're hungover yeah, yeah I, mean, I mean that's really it. Like I for mean, those yeah. of us who have been really, really hungover, I have definitely. I mean, been. for the guys that are really in tune with their bodies and they're really health fanatics, that's not that much of a problem. They make it, they know how to make it, but. But it, it gets yeah. it gets progressively worse, and I can tell you when we do our our pre-fight physicals, you know, a lot of them are just not well educated as to how, even though they have nutrition coaches oh, yeah. or whatever, or they're not listening. But I can, you know, if you ask the right questions, you get crazy answers. How much weight did you have to cut, you know, during this camp? Did you have a full camp? Yes, twenty pounds. Okay. How much weight did you cut in the last week? Eighteen of those pounds. Okay. <laughs> right. Well, you had a full camp of of eight exactly. to ten weeks. So why that's is that's why it the cut starts and the day you get so the even the day again, before if what not, if you're not monitoring these guys like twenty four seven right you just don't happening? know I mean there's too many there's too much time where they could just go astray for even if it's for a day or two you know so what happens with like what is the argument against like what Chael Sonnen says and shout out to Chael Sonnen and the stuff that he does in his podcast I love it. But he was talking about adapting just the rules, the NCAA wrestling rules. Like you, you weigh in an hour before your match. I know that I have been training for, and I'm doing my uh, a jujitsu tournament this weekend, and I also have to weigh in that weight um, right before my my match. What well, what would keep the UFC from doing something like that? Money. I don't think you have time for the event. The hmm. weigh-ins are a big event. So they're if someone TV, blows it, and there's there's hmm. uh, it's an event. You have no time for right. face-offs. When are you going to do it? Or I mean, you could do all that the same day. But and then, I, I think that's but if someone is. blows weight, I think that's weight, the then... problem with even the morning weigh-in because it takes away from, you know, those weigh-ins were a ceremonial exactly. big thing. Like exactly. yeah, I mean, I the Chael against Anderson Silva, 
there was probably 12,000 people at the weigh-in. Right. You're not having that if Great they point. weighed in in the morning because right. they're not doing a stadium weigh-in. They're just doing the doctors so they could weigh in. Then you do it. But everybody already knows. So the anticipation, is he going to so make So the entertainment value I of it. I think it's hmm. off, yeah, that with that. You know, so, and it was, those weigh-ins were kind of cool, man, to see people. I think it's the only sport that, like boxing never had a weigh-in like that. I don't care who it was. Went to the weigh-ins for McGregor in, in Madison Square Garden. Nuts. Holy right? shit. Yeah. That was incredible. But they're bringing that from the UFC. They're yeah. not like, I don't care if Ali fought Frazier. There was nobody at the weigh-ins. I, I don't <laughs> right, think, right, you know right, what I mean? Right. It wasn't like, they really, look, they did everything. They did the 24-7s. They did all the, you know, the right. embeddeds. They did a great job in marketing the fighters. I mean, they have to keep doing it, but... That weigh-in was part of it, man. Everybody wanted to be there, and, you know, that kind of went south. I, and I, I think that's I where he's going. It. Yeah, they were fun. I, I, yeah. I do enjoy them yeah. live because yeah. there's some suspense. Exactly. There know? is suspense. Look, the more, I'm not a fan. Of, me me yeah. personally, I'm not a fan of the morning weigh-ins for the very fact that it's the word morning. Right. <laughs> I, mean, I like getting up at like you 11. Not, you know are what not I mean? notoriously an like early riser. When Aljo tells me you got to be there at 8.30, I'm like, you're fucking kidding. Yeah, you're right. This is great. Yeah, we're doing it. We're doing an 8.30 at night weigh-in. This is perfect. <laughs> We're getting up with the roosters. Yeah. But so, so does the weigh-in, does it impact the people who are missing weight? Did you have the Yoel Romero? So here's Yoel Romero. We have an incredible fight between him and Whitaker for a championship. Uh, what could be possibly the round of the year, round three. Could be the fight yeah. of the year. Mm -hmm. um, great fight. But, it was but great. lost in there, again, is Yoel Romero misses weight and becomes the first fighter in UFC history to miss weight for two consecutive title fights. Is it for lack of repercussion? Is it lack of discipline? Is it all of the above? Fight Jake. Uh, I don't think he's too concerned about the belt or he'd make the weight. Um, maybe he's making a pretty good piece of money. I don't know what he's paid. I don't look it up. Right. It's not interesting to me. Um, he's not a kid. Uh, he's on TV. I, I don't... The psychology of a guy like that is so difficult. Um, what was he point to? Because I was busy. I was at the conference all weekend. Yeah. But nevertheless, um, he was you know, point two how, over how, in the how, second attempt. Right? How much can you can you really want to be concerned if you wear a belt if uh, if you're not going to make weight? And if you're missing by point two, I mean, you had seven, eight, nine, ten weeks to accommodate in advance how you're going to get that point too when you missed last time i, I it, it's not you know look what is he 40 i mean his bones are probably getting thicker daily even up there you know but so, here's the thing he's about putting that. weight on as we go i have no idea the marketing investment of it and ray longo uh, uh, made the point of this uh, last show where he, where he called it cheating and you got yeah. you got some press for calling it that and, and shout out to john anik and and kenny florian on the anik and florian podcast you got some press for calling it cheating it is because here's Yoel, he misses weight again against Luke Rockhold, right? Wins by KO. Does anyone remember him missing weight, or do you just remember the win? And 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 so the psychology behind it, it is all right. You take a little flack in the day that you miss weight. You got some people call you a slacker or an unprofessional. But by Wednesday, everyone forgot about your weight, and all they're thinking about is the fight and who's up next. There's got to be a strategy to it, especially if there's no repercussion or the repercussion is 30% of your your uh, 
and pay, which which no, it's 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 not going to be it's not going to be enough. It's an interesting thing to see how how they would deal with the weight from a health perspective, Doctor Sherry. Uh, do you see any difference between the the night the morning and the night weigh-in? Um, it's an interesting thing. So some of these guys are making uh, weight. If you're talking about like an hour before, it depends. If you go through an educational program and they actually, you know, do what what Fight Shape is saying, yes, I think that would make a difference. The NCAA's are very strict. They're consistently monitoring these guys throughout. So it's a little bit different because, as Ray was saying before, you know, if if you're not watching these guys consistently, they're going to be, you know, all over the right. place. Um, as, as I said before, if they're going to be cutting weight and they're going to be doing the same thing anyway, then the more time that you have to rehydrate, the better it is. Right. So without a good educational program concomitant with this, I think it, it's a potentially dangerous thing to, to make it. And, and also from a commission point of view, right, what happens if you get five guys who come in at that point who need the time to rehydrate, but you're sitting there saying, okay, their parameters are such – that you really can't let them fight at that point. I would love a UFC representative in here because for me, from a business stance, I know it's sometimes for some of you out there, it's unpopular. And if you'd have something to say, MMAandBeyond.com. For me, from a business stance, I say, is it the UFC's responsibility to make sure a grown adult professional knows how to handle their stuff? For me, it's not the UFC's responsibility. This is when weigh-ins are. This is the fight you contracted to weigh-in. Get there. If you don't get there, you don't get there. If you do, you do. But don't complain what happens if you don't. I, for me, it's for for me, it's that you hire a team. You're part of a gym. You you've chosen to become a professional fighter. You signed a contract to reach a certain weight and to fight at this weight. You're expecting the other professional to meet you there. You get there, and and regardless of what time the weigh-in might be, uh, figure out a way to get there in a, in a happy and, and and healthy way so you can be at peak performance. I would love a UFC representative to sit here and, and talk to us about how they see it in the business aspect. Speaking of business aspects, we talk about UFC numbers. UFC Utica, not this last one, UFC Utica, free TV, second lowest UFC primetime event card in history. Just a little over 500,000 viewers. No competition other than college softball. On ESPN, well, that's a good that got yeah. two, two, almost a quarter of a million more viewers. Now you left out something too. Turtle racing did, uh, <laughs> did eight hundred thousand views. You so, no, so, seriously. So it's bad news for it's the UFC, but good no, news. Good <laughs> news for their deal with on. ESPN. Because yeah. maybe this just means more numbers in general for them in signing with ESPN. We can only go up. We can only, <laughs> 517,000. Again, you will find a cat playing the piano with exponentially more numbers more, more numbers than, uh, uh, well, than look, that. They, they, they're going to have to do something. But I think... Uh, they tried. Uh, with the, I think they tried with the CM Punk stuff. Like for this see, reason. that's the problem. I mean, and the and only, what happens when it falls apart? The only... Like it Thing missing with CM Punk was uh, Ashton Kushner, or Kushner <laughs> right, because right. we got punked for right. sure. <laughs> we I mean, that's the punked. only thing that was missing was him popping out of right. a van saying this whole thing was a We're joke. Just kidding. And, yeah, and, right. but it that didn't help anything. I'm going to tell you the, but the luckiest thing that night that happened to CM Punk was Joel Romero and Whitaker. What an incredible every, fight! Right. Exactly, because everybody <laughs> forgot if that fight is not good. Everybody goes right back to the CM Punk mm. fight, but that fight was so good. That's I think yeah. you they're just gonna forgot about right it. Right they're gonna, they already forgot about that fight. But 
I just think that that fight just helps nothing except aggravate. Oh, there we go. There we go. It's a good turtle. How go. many views on that? Yeah, how many views on that? He's got 100,000 views. Mr. Producer, 100, all right. Views. Look at that guy. That guy's booking, too. Wow. 20% of the way up to UFC Utica. <laughs> yeah. Did he make the way in? <laughs> uh, but you know what I'm saying? So, you know, I think, I, you know, I, I don't, I, we'd have to see what the numbers are. I just don't think it's worth it. I really don't. I think, obviously, CM Punk, by all accounts, everybody says the guy's a great guy, and that's why they give him the opportunity. But well, when you say it's not worth it, what's not worth it? I just think it's not worth it because you're aggravating like guys like Iaquinta and other fighters that, you know, there were some great fights on Fight Pass that you can't tell me would have enhanced that card over CM Punk. I mean, if you if you know guys are going to watch him, put him on Fight Pass, build that platform. Let him build that platform. He does, doesn't belong to be there anyway. And again, the Pettis everybody beat this fight. Was, uh, yeah, that was a great fight. <laughs> but great uh, fight. but the point is, the guy's obviously a good guy. I'm not getting down. The guy takes balls to get. Either takes balls or he's stupid. One they were the pushing other. Ray. They were pushing for him to come when he first was going to come over to to train with you. I right. remember uh, some of the shows uh, were pushing uh, the Sarah Longo for him. They thought that he might do well uh, under your tutelage. Mm. Um, so I mean he's he's definitely getting his ass kicked a little bit, but um, but I give him credit for going in there. I I give him credit. I mean know, I guess takes, I mean know. I don't know. I mean I think I give uh, him credit, and he he takes the opportunities that were given to him, and and, and he he showed heart. But again, from a business perspective, you mentioned Ally Aquinta. No, I'm Here just you saying have guys got to be professional, right? Who, guys want to fight. Hey, guys that have really there. give us that chance. And there's guys that have helped really build that organization Huge. that have uh, had their blood. Why yeah. let a guy just walk in and give him that platform where there's guys that really just deserve it more? And that's I, look. I think that's why Dana kind of went crazy on the other guy because I don't even think he saw this as a as much of a fiasco as it turned out to be. He did, and Dana even said uh, in a longer-winded statement that that was anti-CM uh, Punk's opponent, Mike Jackson. He even said at the end of that statement, I regretted not putting the fight on Fight Pass. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, but I, I wouldn't... I think they saw it as one. it was going to happen one way, and it just... I mean, they obviously didn't. went out and found a guy that they thought CM Punk could beat, be. and then when that didn't happen, I just think everybody unraveled. And then they, they actually started taking out on poor Mike Jackson. What'd that guy do? He, he lost his job is what he did. He won, <laughs> he won. and lost. <laughs> he won the fight and lost his I job mean, on how the How bad does night. that guy feel now? Right. He's on top. He's he's winning. You know, he shut the guy down. And he's out. You're he gone. did what he was like, hired to do. He doesn't even understand what the hell's going on <laughs> he now. Has, he is as I unemployed tell you, it as It reminds me of a story that I had years ago. I have two guys working out. They're holding the tie pads. One big guy, one little guy, they were both friends. And the big guy goes to elbow the tie pad, and the guy doesn't have it in the right spot. He elbows the little guy right in the head. And the poor guy didn't do nothing. He just he got elbowed in the head. <laughs> right. The big guy's like, you motherfucker. My elbow's killing me. The guy has a grapefruit starting to come out of his temple. And now he's getting beat up. He didn't do. He's the guy that got elbowed. The guy's like, my. I don't even have insurance. You better hope I don't go to the. I mean, it was insane. I, I had to leave the gym. I was laughing so hard. This poor guy had a grapefruit coming out of his head, and he's getting reprimanded for the other guy's elbow being hurt. I, it just reminds me of the. 
The poor Mike J. He won the well, fight. Well, that is what happened. Yeah, yeah. He won the fight. You're out. He's taking you, the bath. Yeah. I mean, Dana's. He's Got mad it. at him because he could have finished him. And you know, I mean, like, how much worse does it get than that? You know, you win the fight, and then the guy called you're an idiot. He called him a fucking idiot. You know, <laughs> for not I mean? beating the guy you put in. There. You know, CM Punk's. He, he put him yeah, in. Right. Like, who made the fight? <laughs> yeah. Who yeah, the hell Dana made White, the fight? Dana White does definitely say. He says, "I get the sense that he's a complete fucking idiot." <laughs> And I couldn't wait for that fight to end. <laughs> no, that 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 was, I got to tell you, I mean, like, again, I'm assuming CM Punk's a good guy. I like Duke Rufus, great camp, but I got to tell you, that was tough. That was tough. It's hard to watch. That was just <laughs> tough, and it was like, why? I, I That's that's my point. Like, why? You know, like, the, I don't know. Whatever, man. Ray, how does that reflect on Duke Rufus' camp now? Well, look, he's got he's got great guys that come out of that camp, so I don't think, you know, look, he went there. I'm saying if you left it up to Duke, he probably wouldn't have put him in there, you know, but it is what it is. And then, you know, I would have been in the same position if he came there, but, you know, maybe I could have tried to do things And against different. the opponent, opponent, I mean, it you know. wasn't top-quality guy, so you, he could win. I mean, I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, if. If he struggled with that guy like he did, I mean, that's not a good sign. No, I think that Dana White is content with uh, both, uh, not speaking for him, but the vibe I get from him, uh, definitely he's happy with both of them being done with the UFC. Sitting ringside and watching that, you know. The first fight everyone just paid $70 for uh, is is that one. I mean, that's that's a problem. After seeing some incredible fights, uh, after seeing... uh, a sad to watch Rashad Evans get uh, knocked out the way that he he was, but yeah, seeing yeah. Alistair Overeem uh, get beat, but in in a and watching Curtis Blades really step up, watching an incredible fight between uh, Claudia Gadelia and, and Carlos Barza. Yeah, After really seeing fight. all of those fights fight. for yeah, free, paying seventy dollars to see the the you know two amateurs basically go at it and 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 not. N- not anything beyond that. That that level yeah. dropped. And again, you got to remember, Brock Lesnar was an NCAA heavyweight Division uh, One yeah. wrestling yeah. champ. I mean, he had a pedigree. Incredible. Yeah. You know, so you can make the case he had a pedigree. Ah, this is a problem. Well, this, and I, this, and I think that Dana White saw it. I think he envisioned something else. Gave I mean, it a and shot. And the other and thing and before we before we go, I hope the guy's all right. They uh, they took him to the hospital. I hope he's all right. He took some. He was hit hard some, a lot. You know, he got a couple of you know. Decent shots, but nothing compared to, you know, if you really had a guy wanting to finish that fight. I mean, I think Joe Rogan came up with a conspiracy theory that might not be a conspiracy theory. I mean, it looked like he was carrying them. It it did look like he could have. I think that was one of Dana White's issues is, hey, listen, he could have finished this a few times. Um, but that can't. Be, but it's not like the old school boxing. Remember the old school boxing? You get like, paid by the round. Like Dana being mad at him, you know, for not finishing the fight is like when your wife yells at you for not taking out the garbage. That has nothing to do right. with the garbage not right, going right, out. You know right. what I mean? He was mad because he put the fight Perfect on. Enough. He yeah, caught yeah, a bunch right. of you know, shit. Why for I never got it. a wife? But you know what I mean? Like you couldn't have been that mad at a guy for. Not wanting to finish the fight because you don't know what are you. Maybe the only thing worse it? than the whole universe of of social media and fight fans telling you you're wrong for making this event, the only thing worse than that is them being right. Yeah. And so from his point of view, I'm sure he was really, really. Yeah, he had to be cringing watching that thing, cringing. And the rest of the fight's really good. We're watching a star be born, uh, uh, which has much positivity as negativity. Colby Covington. 
who who had a great performance against Rafael Dos Anjos. Surprised me. One of those yeah, guys who talks and, and turns out he backs it up. I think he was able to to pull Rafael out of his fight game. Yeah, he wasn't yeah, working angles. He wasn't you. doing you got it. Good cardio and conviction, and you got the desire. You can and, get that guy to be a little I mean, emotional. Remember, yeah. emotion kills business. If you can get but them he, to be he emotional, didn't stop, man. That was a crazy pace. And, and he's clean, gonna crisp. Be tough. He's going to be tough, man, because I think, uh, you know, Dos Anjos had the, uh, had the style to beat him, but he just got overwhelmed with pressure and, uh, you know, power to him, man. He did a good job on that. It's fantastic. Fight shape. Um, before we get to, to the ISSN National Conference, I want to tell everyone you're listening to MMA and Beyond, make sure you check out MMAandBeyond.com. Tell us who you are, where you're from, and let us know uh, what you want to talk about. If you have any questions for anyone on the panel or anyone in general, even if you want to have them on the show, let us know. This show is yours. You could reach Ray Longo at Ray Longo MMA on Instagram and Twitter. Of course, you could reach me, Steve Maraboli, one word. Pretty easy fella to find. Yeah, Fight Shape Richie. He's the fight yeah, side guy. Yeah. And, of course, M.T. Rasig, who's been kind of silent today. Um, well, but I, but, I, but I, we know you're here. I'm listening. You're, <laughs> I'm you're listening. listening, which is great when you have a microphone in front of you that you listen mostly and so M.T. Resig, uh, he is on. Did he send in a question? <laughs> he, no, but I got a question does have to me. Every week he has a topic. I have my topic. Mike, we'll address Mike's question. Mike's, Mike's topic. Yeah, yeah let's he, go. What's can we go with Mike's topic? Let's go with Mike's topic. This is good stuff. Why not? We're on such a good role. We're on good So Mike's topic. Yeah. And by the way, I, I like the fact that I have Dr. Sherry next to me because she will defend me against you three bullies. We can, right. but we can watch. Name. We can actually, if if you listen closely, you can listen to the listeners leaving and going. No, back. no, they they we're, been, we're actually worried out. about no, Dr. Ta- Sherry no. they're taking a break because the know. comedian this, sat next to you for an hour. He never wants to come back. I know. Yeah. Yeah. We lost him, and everybody was happy with him. We lost the comedian. May I may I go on with my topic and shout out to Brendan? Yes, nice guy. So so my topic is. Is, is this. Over the past week, five more NFL cheerleaders uh, have sued their respective teams. This one's are the Houston Texans, claiming they teamed to, they failed to compensate them as required by law, and there was a hostile work environment in which they were harassed and intimidated. Now, that's not the only set of, of cheerleaders who have sued, right? We've had the Miami Dolphins and the New Orleans Saints uh, file discriminatory complaints, and now Prominent women's lawyer Gloria Alred is representing oh, the cheerleaders. She's still and alive. She is yes, and how, she how old is, is Gloria Alred? I, I don't know, enough. but but I wouldn't want to get a letter from her. And she said she's planning now to present a letter to the NFL. Uh, this is also on the heels of the fact that they have changed the, um, uh, they've taken away the swimsuit competition from the Miss America, which will no longer be called a pageant. It's going to be called a competition, and they're also revamping the uh, the gowns so that the women can dress how they want to dress. It just seems to me that on on the heels of the Me Too movement Mm -hmm. that you're going to see less and less of the cheerleaders of uh, they're now in Formula One. They're no longer using uh, the the, the pit girls. It's I think it's becoming where that I don't want to say it's a you know, it's a ploy, but you're trying to get viewers in and you're trying to say, well, this is one of the things that you want to see, which is either the cheerleaders or the ring girls or what have you, but it seems that I think those things are going going bye-bye, and I don't think anyone's going to care. No, I, I agree. They're not. 
I mean, first, you just, I don't, no, no, I'm, I don't, gonna, I'm not uh, saying it's who, a bad who's topic. Who's up first for the live wait, grenade? Hold on a second, yeah, really, I'm going to care. Who's up first for the I'm live grenade? I'm going to just about as much as I care about you bringing this topic. <laughs> right, right. I, I knew no, I was going to get some slack on it, it, but I knew Tony Ricci would be there. Uh, I'm Ricci just saying, guy, no, go, all I'm going to say is, I'm not saying I don't care about your topic. I don't care if they get rid of cheerleaders. I mean, the whole idea is, obviously, you know, they don't want to use women in that capacity largely, and and that's fine. I mean, first of all, it... it as you said earlier, men are going elsewhere. They don't need to see the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders anymore, right? Because they get a they get a phone in their hand. They get whatever they want. So so Miss America doesn't have a bathing suit. Whoopie do. There's fourteen million three hundred seventy eight thousand women who are willing. I'm not saying right or wrong to pose in a bathing suit on online. I'll go there. I, it, it's not. It doesn't have to be part of sport. You can take away Miss America. You can do whatever you want with it. There are too many other mediums, and unfortunately, those other mediums, which I don't condone are exploding and you know where i'm going with that right it's completely replaced 20 35 years ago a dallas cowboy cheerleader was was which i was a cowboy fan by the way and a cheerleader fan was was the comp was really the equivalent of what people are watching online now in uh what any capacity yeah, right. exactly so mm. so it, do you they think don't that need the nfl which they, i think i think that they're just going to say you know what enough's enough and guess what no cheerleaders and I, that's going to be I it think they will yeah i don't see any reason why they wouldn't yeah, I, maybe the UFC girls will be gone soon. So, to your point, I have no idea. Oh, like idea. the ring? The ring, ring card. How, how will we know what round we're in? <laughs> I mean, are you kidding? This is horrible. The question is, anybody watching and right. care what round yeah, right. anyone's in anymore? Imagine you're watching the fight. No, I think it's round three. No, it's two. No, I didn't. Did you see the... No, the girls didn't. I think we're in round three. No, I don't... I don't it's going that way. You're right. I think you're right. So I'm, I'm, I've given you my perspective. Which way is it going? Where are we? Oh, going? Every, all that stuff's going to go away. Swim women, are the, yeah, yes. women are out. Women are out of the workforce. Being objectified as they view it. I oh. think everyone should be paid for what they do, and I who, think who that started if, this movement? Who? Did, well, the Me Gloria Too started. Rorin? No, no, no. The Me Too started really after uh, Weinstein with the, uh, uh, the article on Weinstein in the in the Times where it was all the women that he was harassing and, and allegedly uh, raping, and then mm -hmm. they all started coming out and coming out, and then all of a sudden, you know, you had the lawsuits against um, Fox and uh, and their uh, chairman, uh, uh, was Roger, Robert Ailes. A Roger Ailes. Yeah. And, uh, in fact, the woman who was the head of the uh, uh, Miss America competition um, is uh, was a former Miss America uh, winner and was a correspondent for Fox, and she had sued... Um, Ails as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's it's a you know it's I think it's becoming a situation where uh, any of these you know you either have the cheerleaders or you have the ring girls or it's just it's just going to go. I think right. it's going to be yeah. end of it. And again, I'm not condoning it, uh, but they 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 they're in a losing battle, Gretchen Carlson or whoever it is. Okay, because there's a computer right there. I get whatever I want. I don't need the Dallas Cowboy cheerleaders. I don't. Nobody watches Miss America. Uh, what is the show that uh, women's softball definitely going to beat Miss America? Okay, Love Boat's going to. Well, you beat said Miss they're America. not calling it a beauty pageant anymore. Yeah. It's no, because it started. I think in twenty one. It was a pageant, well, and it was to sell product, evolve. and now yeah. it evolved. That's fine. That's and now fine. it's a competition. No worries. I mean, I, we're all good with it. Well, Andrew. my day is ruined. <laughs> let's, go, let's move on. Th things evolved, and was that was that your mic topic for the day? That was it. That was good. That All was right, it. Man, that was All right. That was it. That was uh, that was good. 
Let's talk about it. Moving we, on. All right, we, moving on. We, Tony, we'll talk about this later. We'll, we'll, we'll move we shame you into not no, no, advertising no, I, I anybody knew, this week. I knew week. it was kind of, it was a tough topic that I didn't think anyone was going to care about. But since I cared about it and I do have my 30 seconds. And you do care about it. Well, no, I just think that it's, you, I, I think it's important. Well, that, you you, you reported it. You a, didn't really put your slant yeah, on it. Yeah, right. What are, do you, are you no, against I think it or for it? No, I think that there's there really is no, you don't need it. I don't think you don't you don't need Correct. the cheerleaders. I don't think you need the ring girls, and I don't think in the Miss America well, pageant yeah. you need it. I in think that, that way, I think you're right. I think you're that they are they are ending a party everyone left five years ago. I, I think that that you're right in that sense. I think that the, some of that stuff is outdated, and if it contributes to um, a misperception or even the the devaluing of of women in our society, then yeah, I'm all for it. And whether it's the NFL that does it as an organization or each team that chooses, I know there are some teams uh, that choose to do that. I want to say, what and about I could mud wrestling. What I could be wrong. That's that? probably outdated. That's also, gone too. That's mud wrestling. I'm going to go with is outdated, man, you, but. Man. I think that the, the Islanders, New York Islanders hockey team, uh, here locally in on Long Island, I think they used to have like ice girls, right? And now they don't. I wonder if that wasn't a part of it a couple of years ago when they did get rid of the ice girls to just avoid that whole thing. Well, yeah, so I wonder if I organizations themselves degree, might what just. What you're saying is is from a litigious, you know, you're saying, well, do I need the headache? Right. Do right, I need the headache of like having maybe as an a organization ring girl or yeah. like because at some point I'm going to get sued and I'm going to have to pay out. Because in the when in my the, intentions never to wait, wait, demean or right. diminish, and, right? And Fair. I'm going to have to pay out because in the court of public opinion, Guilty I'm, I'm going to be. That's out. right, that's right. And I think that the NFL, that's kind of the point, is that I think the NFL is going to say, well, "What do I need this for? Mm-hmm. I already have the headache with the with the with the protests with the American flag. I don't need this anymore. And you know what? Good. Now you don't get it, and that's it. And and like the Tour de France is looking at, they used to have the girl on the podium that would kiss. The winner, they're looking to get rid of that. Some of the other races have already done that. It's just going to be the point where I think people are going to say, you know what, I don't need the lawsuit because I know it's coming. I know it's coming. That's right. (laughs) (laughs) There we go. Speaking, but but where we do not want to devalue or diminish somewhere where they're empowered and inspired and powerful and given credit for what they do. I'm really sleeping. Powerful, impactful women, Ray Longo. On the same night that the great Matt Sarah will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, the great, powerful, and game-changing Ronda Rousey will be inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. And I think that that's uh, fantastic. Giving someone their due, uh, not only as a woman, but someone who actually changed the game. Well, I uh, think Gloria Allred is going to have her not show up at this point. <laughs> she shouldn't be there. She's objectified as a fighter. Yeah, probably uh, Ronda Rousey she can make money on it she'll be there was, was many a first she was the first UFC woman fighter the first multiple uh, 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 I think she was the first to uh, to reach a certain amount of uh, live audience members uh, first and to reach a million pay-per-views she really did change the game and brought in all these incredible women fighters. One of the fights the other night was uh, was Holly Holm. Holly Holm with a clinic against Megan Anderson. Um, and again, none of this would happen if it wasn't for, for Ronda she Rousey. She had a clinic against Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey mm-hmm. being inducted into the Hall of Fame. She's since moved on to the to the WWE. WWE. Um, but I think that it's fantastic that she's being inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame. As Dr. a fighter, Sherry? I concur wholeheartedly. Um, as a fighter, I think she's done a lot for women in the sport. Um, 
you know, there are certain aspects that I think, you know, I, I would have liked to have seen her maybe handle uh, emotionally uh, her losses a little bit better. Um, but there's no doubt that she was a game changer for women in the sport and brought it to a whole other level. I agree. I agree 100%. And Ray, we're talking about the UFC uh, Hall of Fame. You will be, of course, giving a talk for the for the Matt Sarah who's being inducted. How's that speech coming along? And has Matt chimed in at anything he wants you to say specifically? No, Matt has not chimed in. I came out of the gates quick. I got to uh, put some finishing touches on, but I have to just go over some of the uh, timeline of some of the stuff because sometimes I have a tendency to screw up the stories on a different fight. You know what I mean? Like, sure. I, I've been doing it, and it's been going on for so long, I just don't even change it at this point. But for the Hall of Fame speech, I'm going to have to... Uh, Do you have to submit your speech to the UFC prior to giving it? I'm going to say... I mean, they kind of said we were going to get a speech writer to help out, so I think they want to have... They want to have I think multimedia, they, Yeah, because I think somebody, I forget who it was, said they had it all knocked down, and then the guy went off the rails up there. So they're probably going to want to look at it and, uh, you know, there's going to be a teleprompter, which I probably won't use that much, but I'll have a couple of bullet points. And, you know, some of the stories that, you know, I've told so many yeah, times. Yeah, you've got I some great just, stories. You know, but, uh, you know, I want to make sure I get most of the stuff in. And, you know, I think he's multifaceted, not just with the fighting, but I think he really branded himself. And it, it goes to show you where he is today. He hasn't fought in 10 years. I walked down. I walked through uh, the MGM with that guy. Can't get ten feet. He's still a big celebrity. Huge. Doing great with the podcast. You know, I mean, just there's there's a lot. There's going to be a lot. You know, I want to go through. You know, the accolades. I want to make it a little funny. I want to give him his. You know, his just due. And you know, he's he's a great family guy. He's an entrepreneur. Uh, You know, he's having. He just has. He's having so much fun post-fighting and we deal with guys that just never want to give up fighting right. and here's a guy that's leading by example that he's showing you that there's things you could do after fighting you know he's a great coach he really helps me out with the coach and he uh, like again he runs the schools he's got a family he's got three girls a wife uh, yeah, he's just the guy's got a full plate and he's having a blast and he doesn't technically when we talk it's like this beats working, buddy. You know what I mean? It <laughs> right. really is. And it's... Uh, we should so all I, be so lucky, right? Yeah, yep. I think it's... Uh, Something about know. that guy. Everyone you talk to loves that guy. Yeah, he's a person. Yeah, they met, again, they met him at a bar or he's been training them and coaching them. I mean, he's just a likable guy. It's going to be one of the things I touch on in the speech is I think a lot of it changed with, uh, you know, uh, the Ultimate Fighter Season 4, the comeback season. Sure. Not that he got technically better, but one thing that changed, Tony, he got in front of the camera for the first time. Right. This is a game changer. Right, right. I think he fell in love with that camera, yeah. and then he Good went and he went. You know, that was yep. a different avenue for him, and he came off that show. And I know I did season him. six with him, and if I tell you I didn't get coached every freaking morning <laughs> going to that goddamn training center, what not to say? Don't do that. You're a racist bastard. You can't say that. <laughs> don't do it. I mean, the guy just every morning was like, I don't even want to open my mouth. You know what I mean? So, uh, but he was, he really embraced the uh, the camera. And I think that's where he's going to, you know, it's where he's And you see up. his personality too. He's on uh, Dana White's Looking for a Fight, the series that's on UFC and on YouTube. I think there's a new episode that just dropped yesterday or the day before. You could always check it out. Dana White's Look, Looking for a Fight. And Matt Sarah's There's an old saying and it goes for him. I don't think he's ever met a camera he didn't like. I mean, he's really come a long way with that. But he's, uh, 
you know, it's funny. I mean, they gave him the opportunity to do it, and he seized that opportunity, man. If you go back and look at season four, he kind of commandeered that whole ship, you know what I mean? And he took over. He's a natural leader. And uh, I think one of the best parts of that season was, you know, he was knocked out by Shoney Carter, brutal knockout that he had to live with for 10 years. You know, everybody looking at it, spinning backfist. And he got on the show with Shoney. And he coached that guy with heart and passion and like he was his best friend. And I, I, I got to tell you, I, I, that part, when I saw that I didn't know that was going to happen, I was actually crying. I was like, wow, this guy is unbelievable. He was coaching Shoney like he would coach any of his fighters today. And that's a guy that, you know, that's who he is, man. He's a fighter. And I think when you're a fighter, you know, win or lose, you were in a fight, man. It's not just about winning all the time, you know. It's... Uh, the relationships you build and his relationship with Shoney is is fucking phenomenal at this point, you know. But you could see he's reprimanding Shoney on the show. He said it's a funny <laughs> dynamic, man. I think the guy's great. That was a great opportunity for him. He seized it and he ran with it. And I think uh, he's you know that's why he's got the longevity after his fighting career. And that's not going to stop. It's just going to keep getting better and better. And UFC Hall of Fame. I mean, he's literally done. Everything you can do from from competing to winning the ultimate fighter exactly. to winning the world championship to beating who many consider the greatest ever right. uh, for a world championship and then being inducted in the in He's the, still my greatest in the uh, uh, Hall of Fame and keeping in mind that I think Matt Sarah might be a year older than I am. So he's still young to have accomplished all of this and and uh congrats to him and looking forward looking forward to that and so, and has his wit to a man was in the yeah. ufc when there was a time when it was it was a little more brutal and i actually want to to get to one of the feedback feedbacks that at uh, mma and or through our instagram or our twitter pages if you go to mma and you can reach all of us through our instagram or twitter ray longo mma fight shape Ricci of steve mariboli mt resig uh, you can reach all of us. And uh, hey, quick question: How how have the feedback? How has it been? Has it been good? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, anything beyond? Is there any beyond? Request for so beyond. Wait, you like, like beyond? The question is: Is that More every beyond, every get rid of question beyond. is like it could be? <laughs> That's okay. Everything could it be just, beyond. It could be. It's just everything I'm seems asking. to be kind of focusing. What Mike is asking: Is there anything on, that's for like, me? Is, is there anything outside of? He ran out of Hey Ray, I see you looking great. Hey Ray, when's the new movie? Hey Ray, it's you know one here. It I'm, says, "Why yeah. would you even call it Beyond?" Right. Yeah, I got that comment there. Yeah, get yeah. rid of the Beyond. Get Here's rid of that. That's okay. <laughs> if, if I even when I get a get rid of the Beyond, is at least it's, it's a comment there. I mean, I got that one call. Very nice lady from down south. You don't want that comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Right now, it's beyond comprehension. Right, right. <laughs> Let's can, move on, Can I Steve, get back to it, brother? We're, we're, sorry. we're losing, uh, we're sorry, losing listeners. We're losing again. I'm just asking. What, what, uh, so this one comes from uh, Tanner uh, Law. And this goes to, uh, uh, what do you think Weidman's path back to the title is? Does Ray have a good working relationship with uh, Dana White? Uh, let's go let's start with Weidman's path back to the title. I mean, look, this division is pretty, I really don't know, but I think he's one fight away, and if they need somebody, might be right into that title mix, so you don't know. But, I mean, Gastelum, I think, probably is going to get that shot. we got to see how Chris does with his injury. But if they make him fight Jacare or one of those guys and then go for the title shot, I think he's one fight away from a title shot at the very least. 
on a pop more positive note, maybe goes right in there. Who knows? If you're, Those if guys you're are the both champ, you want to fight Weidman off of a, a long layoff, don't you? You don't want him to. I like his chances against the Jacare. Mm-hmm. I, I do. Do you want to? Do you want to fight Weidman after he beats Jacare, or do you want him to fight him now after he's coming off an injury? For me, uh, I would. I would take that fight now. Look, then, I can tell you, later. Gastelum, I love. I think he's a great, great fighter. I think he'll beat Romero or the other guy. I do you think know, he I, will I'm beat him. I agree with you. I agree with you 100%. I also know that Chris, Chris just beat him. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever beat Chris because the way they match up, he's just too big, and he will take him down, and that's a lot of weight to carry, and he's just he's super strong down there, man. That's, a that's you know, he's only going to get better, and that'll get worse, and... You know, he's a big dude, so he could take, you know, a couple of the, the punches. And even though he got sat down, he 100% wasn't hurt. He came right back to the corner. We talked. So uh, I think that's a bad matchup for Gaslam, always will be. I don't think he can make the adjustments on that. I think Chris, you know, when Chris was thrown, I think he even dropped him a couple of times. So that matches up good for Chris. Um, and I think Gaslam beats both of those guys. I think he Romero and Jacare. Yeah, oh, I think, I, I'm in with you on yeah, that. I think yeah. his pressure Whitaker for those could be tough. It's tougher on on right. those two. Yeah, but I'm with you. Yeah, because they're it. not going to take him down. And uh, I mean Romero, man, he's got freaky power though. I mean that's the only thing. But look, even in this fight, I don't know. He had heart. Yeah, he had heart. Man, let me yeah. tell you something, yeah. man. He had heart yesterday. But I, I will say this: look, I don't, I don't know who won. I thought Whitaker won, but I'm, I think I'm in the minority with that at this point. But Romero took a beating in that fight. I mean, his legs got beat up. His body got beat up. He was getting kicked in the head. He would, must have ate 50 jabs. I mean, he is tough, but when he explodes, that explosion, just man. just that one. You know, it was quality against quantity, I guess is what I'm saying. You know, I don't know, but there was a lot of quantity. And but when, his, when he hit that guy, man, he did put him on Queer Street. But if you notice, man, he's not finishing the fight. Like, I think when you know you're hurt and you know he's coming at you, he's not as good as when that shit comes out of nowhere. Right. You know what I mean? That's right. his shot to get. He's got to knock you out cold. Because uh, after that, he's more, he is kind of like an arm puncher, but he's so freaking super strong that he just leaps and you don't know what the hell is coming. And he's got that one shot and he did it twice to him, but he, he didn't, couldn't complete the job, you know, which is interesting. But he did take the best that Whitaker had to offer, and a lot of it. So, I, I mean, I don't want to even comment on the fight because I think both guys showed the heart and desire of what it means to be a champion, and that's just a great fight. It's, it's uh, you know, if you, depending on how you're looking or what the new scoring thing is, I you know, there wasn't a 10-8 round. That might be kind of weird. So there, there's a couple of things in that, but can't ask for a better fight. And two guys that left it all in the I think they both left it all in the ring and – I mean, just uh, Whitaker for surviving some of that stuff, you know, crazy, crazy and, fight. And and where where Chris Weidman fits in that uh, in that field, you're confident that that he's going to have a good path back to. No, he's going to have a really good path back. There's no question about it. If he gets his mindset and he gets gets the right training, he's injury free. He's a problem. You got to remember, a lot of those fights, he was fighting injured. You know, you nobody likes to say it. We, you know, I come out and say because I, I feel obligated to. Yeah, maybe fifteen but, pounds underweight and something. Yeah, yeah. Do. I mean, there's, he's had. You could put, you could put some. Uh, you know, you could come up with some reasons why he was struggling, but 
you know, that's the other thing. He, if he's healthy, he's he's winning. You know, he's going to be a problem for anybody. And just for reference, Wyvern is still listed as number three. Yeah. Right? No, nah, he's he's right where he's he wants a problem to be. for anybody. Right yeah. He's a problem for that anybody and everybody. And and, and as we we've said before on on the show and even and I and I think the other thing is I don't I, I honestly I don't think we've seen the best of Chris Weidman yet. So if he could, you know, if he a focused and healthy Chris right. Weidman is a world champion. Right. Is a world champion on any night, Agreed. and uh, and uh, looking forward to seeing that comeback. What I did want to get to before that question actually got thrown off by my buddy over here, Mike, uh, who was who I was apologize. wondering when the show could be more about him. I was I was going on to. I have a feeling uh, it's not going to be anywhere. <laughs> well, you can jump towards me. This is be, this, this is a this, beyond. This is the beyond. This is a beyond. You got a beyond. Okay, I'm with it. Beyond. This is a beyond. Well, okay. I was talking about Matt Sarah's great career. Literally a Hall of Fame career, and how he has all his wit about him, and and there's no tragedy there when you talk to him. You see that he's had a fruitful career, and uh, and and hasn't had the side effects that you hear that you hear about so many times with so many fighters, uh, some of the fighters that we know who have had these side effects. Lynette Davidson asks a great question, a two-parter on Twitter, where she says, "How do you get the public and me to see that MMA cage fighting isn't dangerous for head injury?" When we see NFL players wearing helmets and padding and still getting hurt badly, wouldn't it be more brutal? Wait, well, first of all, Sarah's got the head of a Rottweiler. Have you ever seen neck. the size of his, his dome? Neck? I mean, have you ever seen the guy's head? Dude, dude he's a walking muscle, first oh, yeah. of all. No, He'll call himself so. fat. He's a walking muscle, and his neck, how do you choke that guy? Yeah. You can't choke that guy. No, um, he's unchokeable. But but that's a great question, and, and, and Dr. Sherry, I'm glad you're here as well. Uh, how do you, Lynette, Lynette asks a great question. How do you get the public to see that MMA cage fighting isn't dangerous for head injury well, yeah. when the NFL has padding and everything else and it's clearly uh, an issue well, for Let them. me jump in because we talked about this even today. You don't get them because it is dangerous. Exactly. I mean, okay. that's, that's the answer. That's the answer. So mean, people who are just seeing that, it as just, no just raw yeah, brutality, is there any way, other way to market it or sell it to them? Or is it just raw brutality? Well, I don't know if raw brutality is is the thing, but it, it's a contact sport, and I don't care if, if Tony smacks me in the back of the head right now. It's not good for you. Period. Anytime you get right. your brain shook, and, it's just not good. So selling it to the public like it's good is like saying cigarette smoking is good for your health. <laughs> like we talked about last week where they got the guy, you know, that's like having the fighters out and they got girls on their arms. And look right. at this, I'm, I'm over here, I'm partying at the Copacabana. You know, it's bad. <laughs> it's not good. Period. Right. Don't, you don't need <laughs> right. any other data. Right. You know, when you got guys shooting themselves in the chest, leaving notes so they could study their brains, how good do you think it is? You right. can't glamorize that, but I think Dr. Sherry's point is going to be all you could do is educate them to what the consequences are, and then they have to make the decision. Educate with, the fighters. You, know. you have to educate and then try to minimize risk. So things like dehydration is, is a contributory factor. Um, neck strength is a contributory factor to minimizing risk. Obviously, training the right way. Um, having the right nutrition so that you can move appropriately, mm -hmm. and then obviously having the right reps and the medical staff there to know when to stop a fight and when to allow a fight uh, to occur in the event that somebody has uh, risk factors. Yeah, and let me just interrupt again. And it's not just the fight. That's the other problem. It's it's the sparring leading up to the fight right. where the right. damage is done. The fights, you're not getting that banged up most of the time. 
You see guys get out of their cage, they're hardly hit half the times. But the sparring, you can't avoid. Yeah. And that's where, you know, you could make some, you could cut back on that, but then what type of effect does it have for the, the you know, for the fighters, you know, the performance? You know, even football, they were doing two-a-days. It's not the football game. They right. were getting hit in the head 60 times in the morning and 60 times at night. And then they go into the game. That's for five days. And then this is the problem. It's not, and that's happening forever. Right. You know, so, you know, the old, you know, boxing gyms, man, I Wars seen some wicked shit, you know what I mean, where a guy's fighting in the Golden Gloves and they need a sparring partner for some pro that's got a fight coming in two weeks, and you're getting thrown in there. Happy you know me. what I mean? I know and what you're it's, talking about. One, uh, you know, I saw one guy who never even made it as a pro, and i never seen that, an amateur boxer, a kid from the neighborhood who, he was punchy before, you know, as an amateur because they would throw him in there with anybody, everybody, and he was tough. That's always working against you if you don't have somebody looking out for you because you, you're too tough for your own good. And, you know, it becomes a badge honor to go in there. And it, it's, it's a major problem. You, you are seeing people. I mean, now when I'm listening to, to the fighters and, and good coaches are making the adjustments as well, they'll stop two weeks before, you know, hard sparring. Or some of them will say, I don't really spar anymore. We do technical things so that I can see the lines. Yeah. So there, there is a bit of a shift. No, we, well, we, one thing I wanna, we, um, we definitely got smarter with, you know, if a guy gets rocked, we don't put him back in. I mean, definitely uh, working towards that. But any shot to the head is no good, period. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, you could do all you want. You could never tell somebody that's good, you know. And I, I used to train the doctor. He's still in the gym, you know what I mean. But he was so I would say, "Come on, just spar a little bit. We'll play around." I don't want to get hit in the head. I mean, the guy was adamant. And I think I didn't understand it back then. And I got a couple of years old. I'm like, I think those words are just, you know, he's got me scared shit. I don't <laughs> even know. Yeah. You know, uh, one thing I just wanted to add, and Ray, you're, you're right on as, as, but um, and. I was talking to Dr. Uh, Duncan French about this. He's the vice president of performance at UFCPI. I had the fortune of spending the weekend with him. I'll see him next week, too. Uh, here's one thing you got to get rid of, eight-week camps. I'm not telling you you should be sparring or fighting 14 weeks out. You need to be taking care of yourself, okay, because you're coming into camp deconditioned. Right. Now, that doesn't justify getting hit in the head, but when you're deconditioned, exactly. there are greater problems. So you don't – eight-week camps are done where you stop – Eat right year round. Stop going to Alcapoco for three months and doing ten rounds with Jose Cuervo. See, it, it's not even just—it's <laughs> not just getting hit in the head. We got to remember right. two NFL players from thirty years ago when they, they were getting drunk after they got hit in the head. Yeah. Right. Okay, so my point right, to exactly. this is we've got to have mm. these guys also coming into camp in shape. The impact, the trauma, everything they do is worse because what they want, and, and even Dr. French said this, that the, there's, there's still a mindset, camp is eight weeks. And that's hmm. fine that the camp is eight weeks, but you, the old saying, you have to be in shape before you can start training. I'm not saying it's going to get rid of all damage, but you get they get no, more fatigue real, real, they very, get hit harder it's a really valid point right really right i mean we point. want you just no come, question about it. don't get hit in the head 14 weeks out but how about riding a bike eating some chicken yeah, and broccoli right, right. camps eight and, weeks and do, and but, doing but a little you're a professional fighter always yeah right so to exactly. maintain your professional exactly yeah because you end up trying to get a guy in shape while he's doing it, it is, he's he's 100 percent everything wow. in eight weeks right if Skill, they came in cut. already conditioned, they're kind of good, right. their reflexes You're are good. You're just refining. Right. That's what it should be. And then you could even go with a six-week camp. You don't have to go with an eight-week camp. That's right. That's yeah. right. You're yeah. absolutely right. You can cut you know. the camp. They're, in eight weeks, they're doing strength and conditioning, skill training, 
cardiorespiratory conditioning, weight cut, physical therapy, and all of it in eight weeks. And in 16 weeks, they were on the beach. So you were just at a national conference. Is that what you guys are discussing? You're talking about the technology and well, science Well, I, I was at the ISSN, International Society of Sports Nutrition. So anyway, by the way, just quickly, a plug to them. If you want to know anything about sports, food, and nutrition, that's where you go. But no, Dr. The ISSN. French, yeah, uh, sportsnutritionsociety.org. No, no, but Dr. French was the keynote there. And um, he actually did a, a presentation on uh, sports science and how they're aggregating all the data on the performance side for the UFCPI and UFC. So we're, we're a little shorter on time, but I'll be back next week with more data. But here's what I would like to say. They got some great stuff. It is valuable to any coaches out there. Buy in at least on the performance data. They know exactly how long the fights are going. That helps you condition your fighter. They know exactly how the fights are being won. That data is available. That data is not fabricated. You can go back to fights and aggregate that. They know the duration, the 8 to 14 second window of ATP, PCR, power, explosion, in which most of the damage is being done. They're able to aggregate all this and provide us as coaches, performance coaches, with that information, and then you can train your fighter accordingly. Just so you know, the fights are now about three to four minutes longer than they were 12 to 13 years ago. All right, so you, now you gotta train your fighter differently accordingly. How are fights being finished? It, striking has more value than one may think. Ground and pound is still the biggest problem in the game. So it, they're doing a great job out there. And the wonderful thing that they are doing, I, this is just on the performance side that I had uh, privy to the information. They're trying to get it out. This isn't come to UFCPI and we'll tell you what's going on. Dr. French, Bo, Clint Wattenberg, and all those guys out there are trying to take the performance data and get it out to everyone. So hopefully we can make yeah, some better decisions in fight camp. You know, yeah. It's really good. It's really years great ago, I'll tell you, there were a couple of guys in the gym, and there was some weird stuff, but there was a couple of guys that fought, like, it was a 30-minute fight. That was the time, 30 minutes, no rounds, no break. <laughs> so try training for that. You know what that looks like? 30-minute fight. Then it was like a 15-minute first round, a 10-minute second round. No, no, seriously. I'm I not even kidding. You. There were guys I believe that you. fought in those fights. I mean, it was nuts, man. So <laughs> and, the, and they got hit in the head all day to train for it. That's the only yeah. way to train for it. Yeah. yeah. Well, we have, we are coming a long way, but anyway. We'll be out there next week, so that'll yeah. be great. Hey, before we go, let's knock out a couple more. We've been carrying through feedback from is at MMAandBeyond.com. We got Simon. Simon writes about the ranking system. He says, I want to know your opinion uh, on the official ranking system. It seems that they hinder what would otherwise be good fights. You know, for example, I don't want to fight him or her because they're not ranked or they're not even in the top 10. I'm not sure about you, but for me, it, it makes it for slow and sometimes boring fights. Do you think that the ranking system hinders matchmaking, or do you think the ranking system is good as it is? Ray Longo. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw you a curveball right now because I, I noticed I didn't answer Tanalo's last question. Does Ray have a good working relationship oh. with Dana? I, <laughs> I think I have a, a decent relationship with Dan. I like him. I think he likes me, but he's not really a manager coach guy. He loves the fighters and. You know, as long as he likes Matt and he takes care, you know, he does the right thing by all the guys, I think uh, that's all really You've matters. You've never had a problem with him. Definitely. I, I enjoy, like, every time I see him, I enjoy the I conversation. I think if you feel like he shoots from the him. hip and you do yeah. too, and you guys kind of would, would get along that way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know if it's a working relationship because I leave that up to the managers. I don't, you know, he's never asked me for anything, I don't think. I never asked him for anything. But when me and Matt did the show, I mean, we had a we had a pistol with it him. It looked so like a lot of fun. He's a, he's a good dude that way, and... Again, he likes Matt. Matt's a good friend of mine, so 
just by association. Everything's good. And again, check out Dana White's Looking for a Fight. You'll see Matt Sarah on there. As far as this question goes, yeah. Ray, so, what, what do you think of the ranking system? Does it hinder, hinder matchmaking, or do you think that the ranking system is good as is? And this, of course, is asked by Simon. Thanks for writing in, Simon. Uh, man, I don't pay much attention to the ranking system. I think... Uh, I, I think they're going to make those fights no matter what. Like, there's, there's times, like, even for Aljo, like, he wants a guy above him, you know, a guy in front of him sure. with a higher ranking. But if those guys are all booked up to fight, then you got to take somebody behind. If you want to stay busy, you're going to take the fight no matter who it is behind you. But I could see with some guys, but it looks like Dane is really trying to curtail that. I think he did it with Yaya Rodriguez. You don't really have much chance with it. You're not really negotiating right. who you're fighting. It's not like boxing where they're going to build you up with 20 cream puffs so you get a big payday. At right, the you can't have that. It's on-the-job training. By the time you get to the UFC, you better hope you're squared away because, you know, you don't know who you're fighting. Now, it just happened <laughs> the other day Somebody who, in this card, right? Somebody came in and fought somebody. I don't know, maybe... I don't know if it's it was somebody making. Oh no, it's uh, what it do you was, call it? it uh, was, Holly yeah, Holmes. Holly yeah. Holmes, yeah. the partner. That girl came in and had to fight Holly Holmes. The girl's she a, came in an to fight Holly Holmes. Yeah, and you that know was what it. I mean? and, and so I think if there was even one percent uh, left, that there was any possibility for a cream puff fight, exactly. it went away with the CM Pump fight. I mean, think of exactly. that was it. That yeah. was the last nail. But I mean, yeah, and I had to, like what I, what I loved about the Holly Holmes fight that we touched on this is that, you know, she's. A huge boxing champion, they say 18 yeah. belts, but even if it's five belts, whatever it is, she got banged up a little standing up, but she has a complete game. She took that fight to the floor, and that's the beauty of MMA. That wasn't working out. Let's go to a different area. There was such a disparity on the floor. That girl looked like she had nothing on the floor, and hats to a, hats off to Holly Holm for really having the complete game to really – get that fight done, and I thought it was a great fight, and it goes to show that you have to be so well-rounded, and that was the beautiful part of that fight. There's a girl with great stand-up, but you know what? Why am I even going to take the chance? Let's see how it is on the floor, and then I guess once she got down there, she didn't feel much, and hey, this is where we're going. You know, it, I mean? Just so I think a it subject victim of Darwinism as applied to mixed martial arts. But think of Megan Anderson. She's got to come in. Her first fight in the UFC is against somebody that knocked out Ronda Rousey. Right. And, you know, was on her way to beating Misha Tate, you know, for four or five rounds. It's just crazy. So that stuff, the rankings, I mean, I don't really follow them. And I think some people might use that, but I don't think they get the opportunity. If you're going to use that too much, you'll be out of the UFC. That I could tell you. You're not going to – you might use it once or twice. But, you know, they make fights based on they make fights. I don't even think it has to do with the ratings that much. I don't think it's like the boxing thing where a guy's guaranteed, right. you know, if he's the number one contender. If he's the number one contender and that division gets put on hold, he's probably going to fight a guy. Even though, you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's weird. So. But do you think that they make that fight on, on what, who they think is going to be a good fight? You know what I mean? Like for the fans opposed to someone that they want to see move up. Like you said that, you know, with the right. CM Punk, they, they brought this guy in that they thought maybe wasn't going to be as. I don't uh, think they ever had plans for CM Punk doing anything. I think they wanted to use his WWE, you know, numbers and carry him over. But I for thought a fight he I, could I, have won. Right. I think they thought he was going to be a little better, like a Brock Lesnar, who is capable of winning fights. But, he, like, again, he does have the pedigree. So, I mean, 
look, you could make a case for, uh, you know, the Conor McGregor. They just never gave him a wrestler for good reason. You know what I mean? Because that could have ended that trail. Right. And then they're out. They're yeah, out, the they're out was, with millions right. of dollars. The only one was right. Mendez on two weeks, and, yeah, and they, Mendez has a full camp. He beats yeah, him. Yeah, and they took Mendez off. Uh, It'll be interesting to see if they fish. put Conor against Khabib. That would be an interesting fight to see if they they say that that would be next. It would be interesting if that actually if that actually happens. Before we close, let's get to another another feedback that we 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 hung on from last week. Uh, benefits. This comes from Nick V. Benefits of combat sports training. Congratulations on the podcast success. It gets better and better each week. What are the benefits mentally and physically of combat sports training for athletes who participate in basketball or other college sports? How does it help? Team chemistry, fight Jake. I, I I ask you because you have a lot of different athletes. I see you. Yeah, no, on. that that's a good question. I I, I think that cross training, you know, can be wonderful. I, I think that anytime uh, that there's a high cerebral demand in learning a new motor skill, it's highly advantageous. Uh, p- fight skill, you know, fight skills are not what people think they are. They they think you just wail at things and throw things. And I, I can't think of a, a a more difficult art really than trying to strike, punch, and kick. So I, I think that there are some sports that would not probably, you know, it, it's not necessary if you're doing curling um, to say you can do it. Everybody's not going to have a tremendous carryover. But for a sport like basketball, um, I think it's a, it's a wonderful carryover because you're just, you're, you're, use, you're utilizing new motor pathways, you're creating new pathways, you're thinking differently. Um, and all of that's advantageous and there's going to be some carryover. Now, you don't have to do it with great frequency, but a basketball player, which is a perfect analogy, who would cross-train with, with striking, some boxing, the footwork is comparable, and, um, and it could be nothing but beneficial. It's, it's the cerebral challenge of it all that proposes the advantages. Yeah, I'll take a little different approach. I mean, you know, life is a fight, period. Everything mm-hmm. you, you approach. approach, everything you do as a fight, nothing beats that's boxing a great point. and kickboxing. Nope, that's a great approach. A great training great approach. You, you could lift weights all you want, and you might look strong, but mentally you're not going to have the confidence. And confidence is the key word. When you get in there and fight, and you're under pressure, and the guy's you're looking across that octagon, he wants to beat the crap out of you, and you can react under that pressure, the confidence you get from that will transfer over to the learning experience. Great, sport. Totally. And if you're confident and you got that, you know, it gives you like a – it, like, again, it's not a fake confidence. You've been in there now. Yeah. And, you know, even, like, the Navy uses boxing as a thing. When you can react when a guy's trying to punch you in the face, from that's 18, what you need. From 18 inches away. And that's that's yeah, what yeah. you need. That's those decisions. So what do you think? A guy checking you into the boards is going to be a problem? Definitely not. You think a guy bumping you under the, the hoop, you know what I mean? Great. No, you're going to go in there a different person. And I really think as a – Cross training for any sport. Great way. I, to I, combat I, sports yeah, is yeah. great. I really think it's the best thing you could do if it's done correctly. And again, besides like what Tony said, eye hand coordination, cardio. I mean, you and, and you're gonna have fun building your cardio, and Huge. you're gonna get confidence building your cardio, and all of those other attributes that come with combat training. Exactly. I don't think you could beat it. I think that's where it's gonna be. It's even better than. The fighting because you're not going to take the damage. Right. You're going to reap the benefits. Huge. I've, I've told exactly. you guys that when I went to basic training for the military, that by accident, I had just been doing wrestling since junior high school at the time. Middle school was exactly. called junior high school. By the time I got to San Antonio, Texas, and it was hot and we were tired, 
I had been hot and tired before, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I had been yeah, in the exactly, beginning of exactly. a work side. I know what it was to work with a team, exactly. to be exhausted, to be just you versus you. I had been there in those six years of wrestling so many times that while other people were psychologically yeah. drained, I was fine. And, I, although, and although it's an individual sport, if you see the camaraderie the huge. guys on our team have supporting yep. each yep. other, and I, and I say, listen, it is individual. And I want you to be the best you could be. But, man, there's nothing like helping somebody out. I mean, the benefits you're going to get just from having that type of emotion where you give a shit about your teammate and you're not a selfish prick is you just in life. You know what I mean? It's like, (laughs) you know, where mean and nasty has now become the norm. You be a good guy. You know what I mean? Help out your teammate. You know what I mean? And you will benefit way beyond whatever you think you're going to do. Do we lose Rasigi's he's sleeping? He's been oscillating between head down, yeah. falling asleep, and looking at his I mean, iPad. This, this might wake him up. It's, a, it's I, a good cross I, training I, for, for tennis, Dr. believe it or not. Oh, it's, it's Co- totally comparable by motor yeah. abilities. Motor abilities, the overhand Couldn't agree serve with you more. Is, is perfect for the overhand. The, the forehand point. is the same. Great. The footwork is great. And the mental endurance. That it's it's completely comparable. You you're right on, Doctor Sherry. I once equated the closest sport, other than being being hit, from a from a cardiorespiratory neuromuscular perspective, to boxing was tennis. And mm-hmm. people laughed me off the face of the earth. Yeah, it's about as close as you're gonna get. Absolutely. Yeah, with all the, with all the, the same needs and necessities. But there there's so yeah. many so many correlates to combat training to life in general. I would I I, right, um, that's, yeah, I think it, that's the that's the, there the really key is. point is that. It's not just about that. It's about so much more that's going to enhance your life in the future. And, uh, like, there's even certain guys in the gym now we would, like, I don't know who I was having this conversation with, but we said, this guy could use being in the military. This is what he needs. He needs the structure. He needs to know that he just can't talk out of place and, you know, that, you know, there is a hierarchy. There's a pecking order. You know what I mean? And Attention to detail, exactly. follow discipline, and, and to, to a lot of coachability, yeah. manageability comes in the military. Exactly. Where, think, where some people just know better than you, and, and, and even if you don't I, see it, look, sometimes you're able to react. I think if it's done right, that military, you take that with you for the rest of your life. You're Changed my life A hundred percent. And there's forever. a thousand guys like you. And there's other guys that just didn't see it like that, and they're, you know, they're... Uh, not grumpy, but you know they're they're mad about something. But I tell you, if you use it right, you come out of there with structure and discipline, and I think that's going to carry over for anything you do. And you're a perfect example of it. Man, it it absolutely great. changed my life, and and uh, and yeah, exactly. I got it. the guy who went who, who I was when I went in to who I was uh, man, just a I few think years that's later. Fascinating. I mean, Did I you think go in because you? Uh, you felt you needed to go in, or was it a? It was a. You didn't think no, you had opportunities, no, I come, or well, I had opportunities. Everyone else has, but I had immigrant parents, so uh, they raised their kids a little differently uh, than than we do now. And my brother had gone in a few years before, and he he did fine. But what I say, immigrant parents is my my dad's the way that him and my mom saw it, they were loving and nurturing and caring and and provided. You know, my dad is basically. You know, it rained outside and you didn't get wet. You're welcome. Kind of <laughs> that mentality. And when you turn 18, my dad, my mom loved me so much, but they weren't like, oh, good. My dad's my dad, who was in in, in the third world country he's from, he was shining shoes at eight years old in the city. So working manual, tough jobs from eight years old. Mike, tell that guy you're tired. 
Tell that guy you're stressed. Right. Go go tell my dad today that you're stressed. But what do you do when you're 18? He's like, oh, guys, great. You're 18. Bye. See ya. Bye. We love you so much. Wish you well. Bye. Well, you don't. You don't have to. I don't know where you're going. You don't have to go in the military. You don't. But you, you don't live here anymore. You're a, a grown adult. Bye. So I saw that my it did well for my brother. And and leading into that, I actually signed up on my senior year of high school, um, and I signed up to be. It's so crazy because you take this. It's kind of like an SAT test. It's called the ASVAB test. And you pass, and they tell you what you're eligible for. And I was actually eligible for a lot, but because I was 17, I was like, oh, machine guns and grenade launchers? That sounds great. I'd love to be a cop. So that I might have done a little differently. But, um, but yeah, it, it wasn't for any other reason than that's just what a lot of immigrant families do. Uh, you just go because my parents are like, all right, yeah, we love fun. you so well, much. Well, Bye. It is funny because I tell you, like, my grandfather obviously came over – you know, from Italy, but man, he fought in World War One, and I don't think the guy could have been prouder about that. You know, my father didn't get drafted; he enlisted into the. You know what I mean? It's it's the, but the pride they had in doing that, I think, is just disappearing, man. And I tell you, my father did take a different approach. I mean, he really, I don't think anybody even had graduated college yet in the family. He really put an emphasis on education because i guess he didn't have that option you know what i mean he was more of a trade school guy and again he went into the service and then he you know took a job with the city just to support his family so it's it just the, the whole mentality has changed and i don't know if it's a millennial thing or whatever it is but man guys are hooked up in their basements playing video games with other guys i don't know what the hell's going my, my on my brother anymore. did 24 years in special forces so my brother who went in before me uh, retired 24 years in special forces and he has a 24 year old son who is now in navy special forces so wow, i mean he he nice. just it, it just continues on and it'll it'll continue on that way so and i think that it is it's a, it is a game changer and if you let it be it's like anything else if you let it be that game changer for you it it will once you get out of the military and realize what they can instill in you in just a few years you are so ahead of the game to everybody else. You, you are able to refine and improve yourself and your mindset more than most people. You're able to go through more than most people. And like I am said, even now for me at 43 years old, um, when I'm tired, I've been tired. When I'm scared, I've been scared. When I'm in shitty situations, I've been there so many times, Mike. I could take a nap on a roller coaster. I'm not, I'm not concerned with it. And it gets me a mindset that most people uh, I become famous for having. Because uh, because I was able to develop that while holding an M16 uh, rifle as, as a kid. So so, yeah, it's, it's definitely a game changer. Before we go, before we go, I wanted to mention a couple of things. Number one, uh, uh, rest in peace to my Wednesday morning jujitsu buddy, Anthony Bourdain, yeah. who who uh, uh, who again highlights uh, uh, mental health and the importance to have this conversation. Uh, and, and it's, it's, it's something, this is something that I trained to do. I've trained for two decades to do and would have conversations with, with, with Tony every Wednesday morning, uh, alongside Igor Gracie. And, and you would, you would, you would never know that this is you know, talking about laughing about jujitsu, laughing about life, talk CNN, talking about, uh, uh, ratings. And you would never know. These are things that pop up and they hit you and they hit you. you just can't take it back. 
Uh, so uh, rest in peace to to yeah, what my jujitsu brother. Shame that is I, I mean, I, it was a week ago. Uh, it was it was a I week mean, ago. I, I was on the mat at, at Henslow Gracie's yeah. with and this guy. And I don't guy. think I don't think anybody knew the impact that he really had. I mean, CNN did some really beautiful they, they stories didn't about stop. the guy. Dude's a good dude. Like yeah, you, I mean, that, that I think is the bottom line. And you know, he was quiet. I never. I was supposed to go out to eat with him one time in Vegas with. Uh, I think Chris was fighting Anderson Silva. It never happened because I was panicking about the fight and I just didn't want to take the time. But I would run into him, nod, you know, how's it going? More, more knew his wife. His ex-wife at the time was a crazy jujitsu player, but a real sweetheart. He, nice he girl. reminds me a lot, and I think I've told you this. He reminds me a lot of you, man. I would oh, sit man. there, and you know how you know how how you and I are, um, where you you don't really suffer fools. We'll we'll have a conversation. It's always about something. It's not right. ever, hey, how's the weather? There's right, no bullshit right. conversations like that. He's like that. It's just straight up. You walk in and say, this is this, this is this, and you can you're zero to a hundred in a second with this yeah. guy as far as well, in depth conversation. A big compliment because that guy and, and it and like it's you. huge. It's 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 the relationship I have with you. Yeah. It, it's it's just it's instantly an interesting conversation. It's very rarely about the weather. It's an interesting conversation, and you don't see it coming. So rest in peace to him, and 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 prayers and thoughts to his family. And of course, my buddy Mauro Ranallo, who has an incredible documentary that's as relevant as always as Mauro, uh, as, as he, the bipolar rock and roller. It's on Showtime. He talks about mental health. He's a huge advocate for it. Talks about his own plight and how you and I know the Mauro, who's dynamic, fun, interesting, and and probably uh, the he epic was like voice. He Eighteen, and he was like an MC for, uh, huge. for wrestling matches. Yeah, you never really. It was really, I never it was really it's very a really good documentary. I didn't see it's, the whole thing. I it's saw incredible. Pieces, but I'm happy for the guy because he seems like another guy who people meet and they just automatically He's doing a lot of people justice by he, doing he this. Met this he met me once. He met me once. He was like, dude, talk. come and tell and share your stuff. Like this, him yeah. and Boss Rutten had a podcast and he invited me on it and, yeah. and, and afterwards said, hey, no, just, that guy just sure. record something for us. Give us yeah, a minute yeah. of you and we'll put it on the podcast. I mean, this... All he wants to do is help people. Yeah. All he wants to do is navigate this and see and, and let people know, look, I can be successful at what I do. I could travel the world at what I do. I can make a lot of money doing what I do. I could be living the single amazing yeah. life and still, as I put it, the brighter the light, the darker the shadow. There's something there. So opening see, eyes to yeah, mental health awareness. See, the awareness. problem with that too is like Moro could do that stuff in his sleep. But I, they said that even with Terry Bradshaw, man. He, they said... I mean, how many Super Bowls did he win? That Four. guys went out and partied, and he was miserable after the Super Bowl. And I remember talking to somebody, and it could have even been you, Doc. But, uh, you know, I was like, you know, you see the guy on TV, and he seems like he's all right. But I think even he said, I could do this in my sleep. So you don't see the behind the scenes. You like don't. The misery and how many relationships he went through and who we hurt, and not even on, you know, not obviously not, not even on purpose. Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, it's yeah. got to be a shitty, yeah. shitty feeling, man. And, and Morrow covers that. It's an incredible documentary yeah. again. It's called The Bipolar Rock and Roller. It's on Showtime, and uh, I'm sure you could see previews for it uh, on Morrow's uh, pages and, and, and YouTube, of course, if you just look it up. But I wanted to end with that to, to, to let everyone know who's going through something, anyone know uh, that we do need to end that stigma of mental health, that there is help out there. There's so many numbers you call, websites you can reach out to, people like Morrow who are out there looking to to help you in every way. It's not simple. We understand it, and, uh, and please reach out. You're never, ever, ever alone. Folks, this is MMA and Beyond. You can reach us at MMAandBeyond.com. 
Uh, we are all proud to be here, all honored to be here. If you have any feedback, anything you want to talk about, please let us know. We want to have guests. We want to talk every topic, MMA and beyond for MT Resig. Yeah, who, let's, uh, let's keep it going. Who, who, who <laughs> wants to part. keep going and who brought up the, of course, Me Too movement today. Thank you for your contribution, yeah, sir. I don't think that one went over we, as well as the it, other ones, it, but. We'll but, get there. but listen, it no, came I up. Think, I think that went over better than the other. <laughs> I thought, I thought no, the bare I, knuckle was good. No, bare knuckle because was I, good. I lasted about 14 seconds on this one. Normally, I'm out. I'm sleeping. With he 14 seconds I, from Ray Longo I think is good. That was unbelievable. This was a biggie today. That is, you know, <laughs> killed it. Just to Me our too. audience, just, just Me too. lay out. Me just, too. just send a Me thing too. and let us know what you thought. <laughs> Either way, good or bad. <laughs> Goes awesome. <laughs> Folks, this is MMA and beyond. Everybody. Hey, don't forget, <laughs> iTunes, give us five-star rating, please, and let's, it helps other people find our podcast. And thank you, Dr. Sherry, again for coming in. We really appreciate when you come in. This is MMA and beyond. We'll catch you next time. See you next time.